0: Before we proceed to the ordination, we've had an overview from the scriptures in the form of the office of elder and deacon, and now as we go to our text of this morning, we'll focus specifically on one aspect of the office. We're going to Ephesians chapter 4, and the text is verse 12, to equip the saints for the work of ministry for building up the body of Christ. Now, brothers and sisters, we just read that final sentence in the ordination form just before the ordination, and we've read it so many times. And perhaps because we're getting to the ordination, we've skipped over it. Just look at those words again. In this way, God's children will increase in love to one another and to all men, specifically speaking about the work of the deacons. But Pulling back a little bit, that applies to both of the offices. The reason that we have an ordination this morning is that God's children would increase in love to one another and to all men. And we see that as the Apostle Paul lays out the scripture, lays out the gospel in Ephesians chapter 4. If you have your Bible handy, you remember where the reading ended. It ended in verse 16. The whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. That's the description of a healthy communion of saints, the body of Christ, united, together, connected to one another, and all together connected to Christ, our head. Now think of how it works in your body, in a human body. The organs, the members of our body, can't work properly unless they're healthy and connected to one another, serving one another in a healthy way. And so in order to be healthy, we have systems that God has created and designed, and these systems, uh, they take food, they're designed to take food, our hands, our mouths, to introduce it into the body to break it down, and then we have other systems in the body to extract the nutrients and the energy and to deliver them to all the different parts of the body, all the different organs and cells. And when that happens properly, the way it was designed to work, then all the parts of the body are provided with nourishment, the organs and the members of the body are healthy, they flourish, they function properly for the good of the entire body. Together, they serve one another and the whole body is built up and healthy. And we know what happens when that, when that doesn't work as it was supposed to. When, when for instance, our, our kidney doesn't get the nutrition and the energy and the nutrients that it needs and it starts to, to stop functioning, then the entire body suffers not just that one organ. And so this is the the picture of the body is used by the apostle to describe how the church of the Lord Jesus Christ works. And, And so this is a picture, these systems to deliver nutrients, this is a picture of what leadership in the church is called to do. God doesn't ordain, anoint, equip, call, elders, and deacons to micromanage our lives, to order us around, to enforce compliance with a set of rules or expectations. They are not called to office to to run things in the first place, but they are called to serve, to minister, to equip the saints for the work of ministry. This is very, very important. We live in a time when many, many, most Christians, I would think, look at the pastors of the church, the elders of the church, the deacons of the church, the the leadership of the church, and say, well, they're doing the work of ministry. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says they're doing the work of equipping the saints for the work of ministry, to help each member of the body to be healthy, to flourish, to function optimally in love for one another, and for God. And what happens then? The body is built up. Now, I wanna briefly consider as we look at our text, two things. First of all, who is doing this? And secondly, what is the goal of this? So who's doing it? Well, to know who is doing it, we need to back up to verse 11. If you have your Bible open, you see that verse 11 describes those first order gifts that Paul talked about in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. The primary gifts are the gifts that bring the word of God. And so he doesn't mention in this context all the other special temporal gifts of tongue speaking and and, and healings and things like that. But he focuses on what the Holy Spirit has given first. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers. These are the gifts that bring us the word. Now, as we go through that list there in verse 11, we see the history of the church, because the apostles were that small group of men that had seen the risen Lord Jesus Christ in the flesh, and so they were testifying to the truth of his resurrection because they were eyewitnesses. Today, we can't have apostles unless we find somebody that's 2,000 years old and that happened to be in Palestine back at that time but I think that would be very difficult to find a person like that so the apostles that category is now gone now then he goes on to mention the prophets and the prophets were those in the early the new testament church who because the bible was not yet complete that we didn't have the full new testament they were given special revelations from god to instruct the church and when the canon was complete when that which was fully perfect and complete was uh, came into being, the, the, the Bible as we have it today, then the, that special gift of prophet also fell away. Then we have the evangelists there in verse 11, and the evangelists refer to people like Timothy. These were preachers that were ordained by the apostles, and because they had had the laying on of hands of the apostles, they got the special gifts that go along with it those special gifts of healings and tongue speaking and all kinds of other interesting things were only given through the laying on of hands of the apostles. And so these were super gifted preachers of the New Testament church, again, because the New Testament was not yet totally complete. And so we don't have evangelists in the sense that we have it here in in chapter 4 of Ephesians. We don't have evangelists like Timothy, With the special gifts, because to have an evangelist with special gifts today, you would need an apostle to lay their hands upon them, and that would not be possible to find. And so then we have what remains. After time has gone on through church history, the canon has been completed, the temporary and special gifts of the Holy Spirit have fallen away and the ordinary means of grace, the preaching of the word of God and the administration of the sacraments continues, that's the shepherds and teachers who continue in the apostolic tradition. What the apostles taught, they passed down from generation to generation of elders and teachers. And so there in verse 11, the shepherds or pastors, because pastor means shepherd, the shepherds and teachers are what we know as the offices today, the, the deacons and the elders and the preachers and the seminary professors. Now, what is the what is the connection then between the offices that we have today and the apostles? Well, we'll think back to the beginning. The apostles, they preached the word, they administered the sacraments, they governed the church, and they coordinated the ministry of mercy. You remember that... The the believers that sold properties, for instance, would take the money and put it, set it at the feet of the apostles. So for the beginning of the New Testament church, the apostles were super office bearers that did everything. All the work of the preacher of today, the elder of today, the deacon of today, plus the special gifts that they had. So that was a super office that the apostles had. Nevertheless, they were elders. And you read 1 Peter chapter 5, and Peter charges the elders of the church. He says, I, a fellow elder. So he was a special type of elder because he had the special gifts. He was an apostle, but he was an elder. And so initially we had that group of elders governing and ministering to the church. Then in Acts chapter 6, as we read in the form, there came the point where there was so much diaconal work, so much deacon work to be done that the apostles said, we need help, because otherwise we're going to preach less and pray less, and that can't be. So in order to give themselves over to the preaching of the word and to prayer, the apostles un- uh, uh, ordained deacons, and so part of the apostolic task was put onto the deacon, and the deacon in our midst today is continuing in the line of the work of the apostles. That part of the apostolic work was set upon his his office. And then we read in 1 Timothy chapter 5 about the elders who ought to be given due honor, who are faithful, they ought to be given double honor, especially those who labor in preaching and teaching. And so we see already in the New Testament the beginning of a distinction within the office of elder where some are concentrating more on governing the church, and others are concentrating more on the preaching and the teaching of the word, and that's why we have today preachers, ministers of the word, and also the elders who who govern. So all of the offices that we have flow out of what the apostles initially did. It is a continuation of the apostolic ministry in the church. So that's who does it. Now, what is the goal? What is the task? What is the purpose of all of this? Well, our text says to equip the saints, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. We're not ordaining men today so that we can go home and just put our feet up and say, well, have they finished yet? Are they doing a good job of building up the body? No, that's our job. These men are given to us by the Holy Spirit to equip us for that job. Now, how do they do it? Well, they do it with the Word of God, by preaching and teaching the Word of God. Why? Because the Word of God is what reveals to us the person and the work of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Word of God is God coming to us and saying to us, I love you, Just look at my son Jesus. Look at who he is. Look at what he's done. He is the very incarnation of perfect love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And so the word of God brings us Christ. And Christ is the very incarnation of the love of God. And love is that fierce, inextinguishable, unconditional commitment to seek the welfare and the good of the one who is loved, no matter how much it costs the one who loves. I'm going to repeat that because it's a long sentence. Love is that fierce, inextinguishable, unconditional commitment to seek the welfare and the good of the one who is loved, no matter how much it costs the one who loves. And the word brings us the greatest one who loves, and that is Christ himself. The word brings us God's love in Christ. And the officers teach us the word. They feed us with the word. They encourage us with the word. They admonish us with the word. They are examples to us of the word, and they Marriage, in their conduct, in their work, in their words, in their life. And the deacons show us the word in action as they show the Lord Jesus Christ to us in acts of love and mercy and compassion. So now what happens when we have Christ-filled, Christ-like men speaking and showing to us the word of Christ? Well, then we are equipped. We flourish in God's love. The word of God dwells in us richly. We are knit together in love for one another. And together as a body, we are knit together in love for Christ, our head. Now, perhaps you're listening to me speak about these Christ-filled, Christ-like men. And you're looking at the brothers who are about to be ordained. and You're looking at the brothers who are ordained. Or you're looking at yourself, if you're one of us. And you're thinking, we're weak. They're weak and sinful and imperfect men. Why should we pay attention to them? And the answer is because they are called by God. Yes, in themselves, every office-bearer is weak and sinful and imperfect, but the Holy Spirit calls and the Holy Spirit equips. And so we receive these men today as gifts of the Holy Spirit to the church. They come in the name of the Lord Jesus, and they are commanded to serve us. They are commanded to equip us. And if they are commanded to equip us, We are commanded to be equipped. We are commanded to receive their words of instruction, encouragement, admonition, to observe their good example and to follow it. You know, today with the internet, you can watch a hundred sermons a day if you want to. You can read so many blogs. You can read so many books. There's just so much teaching and biblical instruction out there You don't ever have to show up for church. You don't even have to listen online to the teaching of this church. You don't have to listen to your own elders. You can feed yourself with stuff from all over and there's a lot of good stuff out there. But God has placed us in this body. And it is in this body that he commands us to be equipped. So when you think of an organ in a body, which refuses nutrition, it becomes weak, and it dies. It doesn't function properly, and the whole body suffers. In the same way, a Christian who despises the means by which Christ nourishes and equips the members, that Christian chooses to be unfruitful and to be stunted, and they will suffer, and the body will suffer as well. The Holy Spirit has called these men to serve in office, the office of elder and deacon. The Lord Jesus from heaven gave them to us as spiritual gifts and the power of the Holy Spirit. And their job is to bring you the word that God has prepared for you. Their job is to equip you, to help you to be the very best Christian that you can be because they know you. And they love you in a way which no internet preacher or internet elder can. They are knit together in the communion of saints in this congregation. And So their job is to help you to know and to grow in and drink ever more deeply of the love of God in Christ. So that filled with his love, you live in his love, you live out of his love in your marriage, in your family, in your home, in the communion of saints, so that the church is known as the followers of Christ, not by the things that we complain about, not by the things that we are against, but that the church, St. Albert Canadian Reformed Church, is known in this community as the disciples of Christ by the love that we have for one another, that that love pours out of and overflows from us, touches and transforms the life of our neighbors, that we're so full of love that we even love our enemies and those who mistreat us. The love of God rules and governs our hearts and lives in such a way that we say with the psalmist, I love your saints, with them I am united. And that our hearts say again with the psalmist to God, your love is better than life. There's nothing higher. There's nothing more valuable. There's nothing more important. There's nothing more significant. Your love is what compels me. Your love is what gives me life. That's what these men are called and ordained and anointed by the Holy Spirit to incite in us, to help us to say more and more I love the Lord. And to say to us over and over, brothers and sisters, let us love one another, for love is of God. Amen.